Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Brace yourselves, winter is coming. What the writers of games, uh, Game of Thrones didn't want to tell you is that Bran was actually in a wheelchair because he didn't trim his balls with Manscaped. Poor guy thought it was okay to trim his balls with a traditional razor or hair trimmer. Not sure what you want as a gift for the holidays? Well, Manscaped is the ultimate gift, and they're here to change the men's grooming game. And you can get 20% off, plus free shipping if you use the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 4.0. The Performance Package 4.0 is the best in the business. This hygiene bundle includes the Lawnmower 4.0, Weed Whacker, Boxers, Travel Kit, and Liquid Formulations. The new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof with advanced skin safe technology to reduce nicks and cuts, and even has a light to help with your close shave down there. No need to have a red wedding situation next time you're going for a trim. The Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer can help you whack those nasty weeds in your delicate holes. This product also has proprietary skin-safe technology to help prevent nicks, snags, and tugs. The Performance Package also includes Crop Preserver. It's deodorant for your balls to protect against chafing. Also, their Crop Reviver Ball Toner will keep your boys fresh at all times. Maybe you're on the other side of the wall and you don't know when your next shower is. No worries. The Crop Mop Ball Wipes are for you. Have smelly feet? Manscaped can help with their foot duster, foot deodorant made to fight odors of the dirtiest feet. Want to smell good everywhere? The Refined Cologne by Manscaped is a clean and fresh scented designed for the refined gentleman. On top of everything, they've even thrown in the shed travel bag to carry your goods and the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs to hold the entire package together. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. During the winter, you may be spending more time inside with your balls. Might as well make them beautiful. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code UNFILTERED20. It's time to join the Manscaped movement. These products are snow joke. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 222. I'm your host, Blaine Pudbank, and I'm joined by my co-host, Treg Wilson. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> welcome to the show. <laughs> little lag there. 
Yeah, no, I was looking at my phone. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. So it's been a it's been a little bit. It's been a few days since the last episode. Anything yes. new? Uh no. You recovered fully from uh, the man cold that you had earlier in the week. I did. I did not have COVID. Uh, although I did have symptoms, I had the fever, I had everything, but I didn't have COVID. Apparently I'm getting my booster on the 18th. I've been told that. Uh, and, uh, that's all I know. That's it. That's what I got. Boosted. That's good. That's good. I'm just at home now doing the homeschooling thing and working from home. So. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Um, we'll just dive in here. Um, so we've been having this ongoing contest with Boxing Rock, and we have a couple of winners. Yay! So I'd like to announce those winners, and for them to know they've won, they had to listen. From Facebook, we have Veronique Leclerc who has shared and uh, provided us a little bit of us in Boxing Rock, a little bit of uh, Facebook clout, so to speak. So thanks for sharing. And you win a 12 box of Puck Off Lagerdale. And on Twitter, we have Edward Lonis. So you win yourself a 12 box of Puck Off Lagerdale as well. Uh, this contest will continue. We're going to keep going. If you are 19 and over and reside in Nova Scotia or can pick up from the NSLC, then you qualify to win yourself a 12 box of puck off Lagerdale. All you have to do is follow us, share some social media posts that we put up in regards to this contest and tell everyone why you like the show. So congratulations to Veda Nick and to Edward for winning themselves each 12 cans of Puck Off Lagerdale. Yay. I wish Woo-hoo. I was 19. Oh, man. Oh, I can barely remember that far back. Well, I'm only 18 now, so I got another year. Were you <laughs> born on a leap year? Several. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get into this this episode. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Mark Bergevin and the Boston game and the Weidman situation. So let's start with Mark Bergevin going to L.A. Blockbuster move. Well, wasn't this predicted like in the summer? Didn't yes, someone uh, Didn't someone say that he was going to end up in L.A. if Montreal got rid of him or if he left Montreal? Yeah, it was a um, it was a dirty open secret. Yeah, um, I'm not surprised. I mean, I think it's kind of funny that he got a job before we got a before the Canadians got a GM. Um, uh, but it's no secret. I, I, rumor has it Blake's going to get a three year contract extension, and he's going to become the assistant GM. Oh no, he's already the, signed it. Oh, he's already the assistant GM. I thought he was just an advisor. Okay, oh. no, they signed it. Yeah, no, Blake has already signed his extension. Yeah, yeah, but the rumor is that uh, Bergevin is going to sign up to be assistant GM, not just the advisor. Um, and, I mean, 
I don't know. Is it a step back for him? I don't, I don't, I don't know, but uh, I think he'll be a GM somewhere, whether it takes over in LA for Blake or if he um, goes somewhere else, but uh, um, maybe if Quebec franchise, Quebec franchise gets a, gets a team, maybe he'll uh, be the GM for Le Quebec Nordiques. Well, uh, Renaud Lavoie today, as we record, it's the uh, 13th of January. Renaud Lavoie has reported that the NHL, Gary Bettman and uh, Bill Daly, had a meeting with the mayor of Quebec City and the premier of Quebec in regards to that specifically. And they basically said, hey, thanks for reaching out. We really appreciate your interest in the NHL, but eh, we don't see an opening for you right now. But hey, thanks for keeping the lanes of communication open yeah because arizona is doing so well they don't want to you know put a team that would already have a twenty thousand seat arena that's up to date would probably sell out their season tickets within hours minutes, minutes. and uh, have a thriving hockey uh community and a instant rival with montreal uh but you know why why do that? That makes no sense. We have to make sure the Coyotes, no no offense, Patrick Brown, we have to make sure the Coyotes <laughs> stay a team. Well, yeah, they, uh, they, they don't even have a lease for an arena after the season. Well, supposedly the Trump deal fell through. Uh, we should get our buddy Patrick Brown on someday uh, from the Hockey Writers. He's our Arizona correspondent. Uh, he would know more than I do, but uh, apparently the Trump deal fell through. It's not going to go. They were going to move there. It fell. It's a failed experiment. I understand it was one of Batman's first uh, expansions, uh, but it's failed. It's failed since day one. And I don't think even if they decide to cut bait and run from Phoenix or Arizona or whatever you want to call them, going to go to houston or somewhere in the states exactly so it doesn't really because matter, but... they they need to keep that balance of east yeah. versus west and, and i get that i get that but you can easily move a team like say i don't know who could you move nashville you can move someone in the east over to the west well nashville's already in the west oh who i don't know i have to look up the east to see you who, know what who could be carolina would be the the perfect choice <laughs> <laughs> yeah because they're so close to the west yeah screw them <laughs> nothing about it's nothing about a pirate city anyway do you know the history of carolina nothing oh about yeah pirates dirty pirates yar <laughs> or or better yet throw toronto back into the west you know how much they loved it well they haven't won the uh the west trophy yet montreal won it but toronto hasn't i was throwing that out there well, you know, Toronto fans are truly enjoying the fact right now that the Montreal Canadiens are uh, literally the worst team in the NHL. They, listen, it cracks me up because uh, the Toronto fans spend more time paying attention to what Montreal's doing <laughs> than they do to their own team. Yes, we suck. Yes, we are in last. No excuses. We're just terrible. And you know what? We're going to get a good draft pick out of it. And you guys are probably going to go to the playoffs, maybe make it past the first round. I, I, you know, I'm, maybe not. And you're going to get a shitty draft pick and still not win a goddamn thing. So I, whatever. 
I would be surprised if they win a, a playoff round. They're they're missing stuff. And honestly, I kind of hope they don't just to see what would happen. I, I'm I want to see what would happen. I just want to say your first round was your Stanley Cup when they lose in the second round. Yeah. <laughs> that was your Stanley Cup. <laughs> but wouldn't it be funnier to say making the playoffs was your Stanley Cup? But it already is. <laughs> That's every year. That's every yeah. year of the past three years or whatever long they've been making the, the playoffs and not going yeah. anywhere. And congrats they'll on they'll winning they'll that, on all those individual trophies that your team may or may not have won. <laughs> I mean, good for you guys. Um, good luck. But this is a hab show. Fuck yeah. the Leafs. Yeah. Oh, and Columbus could move to the West. Who? Ohio. Columbus. Ohio's <laughs> in the middle. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there. It can be I done. St- I still think Carolina should be the team to go just because St. Louis, if St. Louis is in the West, Columbus can go to the West. I guess. I just throw it out there. Anyway, Gary Bettman, you suck. That's all I got to say. Boo. <laughs> the standard best, referee, best referees in the world. Yeah, no, not at all. Speaking of best referees in the world, we'll go to the Boston game now. Reft by I only watched the first period and a half, so I watched the whole game and uh, it was painful to watch from the Canadian side, but I'm gonna be brutally honest. That may have been one of the least well uh, it was one of the worst officiated games I've seen in a long time, and that is saying a lot. Both sides though. Like I, I don't want to yeah, sound yeah. Uh, yeah. It, 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 they they made some missed calls and bad calls against Boston and the same with um with Montreal. Like the the primo missed call on the Canadians that they absolutely should have called 100 percent and they completely screwed up was the Weidman headbutt. <laughs> and the and the linesman was right there. He literally watched him do it. And he told the referee. <laughs> They had a little meeting afterwards, and you see him pantomiming a headbutt, and They're they didn't like, call ah, it. Ah, yeah, that's good. That's, good. that's okay. Yeah, cool. My name's Chris Lee, and I approve sucking. Like, that was horrible. We need more Wes McCauley's. Yes, please. He's a good Five ref. Four. Fighting! Punching him in the head. You each got two minutes for doing shit you shouldn't have been doing. For being bad boys. But uh, Chris Lee's terrible. Uh, I know oh. he just came back from an injury and he hasn't been in an NHL game for a while. He uh, shouldn't be in the NHL. <laughs> oh, he's just terrible. Like, I mean, people say he hates Montreal. I agree, but he's terrible in every game he refs, not just Montreal games. If you watch other games out there and I flick through other games, I may not watch the whole, but I flick through. Chris Lee is terrible no matter he generally picks a team before the game starts. I truly believe this. And that's who he's going to call the penalties on. It's usually well, never Montreal. The Canadians were chirping him pretty hard uh, through the game because he was missing a lot of calls that they felt he should have been making. And there were some stuff that he, he let go. I mean, some of the calls were absolutely, the non-calls were absolute trash, but some of it was okay. They're just, you know, they're battling, let it be but the Canadians bench was just giving it to him. So in his infinite wisdom, he decided to get back at them by calling Sherratt for roughing on a clean body check. 
What the fuck was that? Well, let's go back to a non-call that turned out to be a penalty for the Habs. A penalty that I'd rather, a good penalty. I'm going to call it a good penalty. Oh, yes. Jeff, Pe- Jeff Petrie goes behind the net. Uh, I think it was Le, who Gr- Grizzlick. No, it's Ho- who uh, Halla. Halla. Halla comes in, grabs him up high from around, around the head, finishes check grab, and pulls his helmet off as he's dragging him down to the ice. Puck's nowhere near them. Anymore. Nope. Anymore. No penalty. Which is Petrie's fine. Looking at, which is fine. All right. Don't call it. Petrie's looking at the ref like, what the fuck, man? And uh, he notices, oh, shit, Lazar's going to come in on a breakaway. Skates to the front of the net. It's a penalty because he didn't put his helmet back on. And gets a penalty. Now, I saw on Twitter and Facebook everyone tearing into Petrie. For taking the penalty. Oh, and yeah, I just Stu want to Cowan say. Flat out said that it was Stu, a dumb penalty to take. It was not a dumb penalty. He prevented a breakaway. He knew it was going to be a penalty. But I would rather take the penalty. Than have a breakaway goal. I mean. And they didn't score on the power clip. On the, on the PK. Or power play. Which is surprising. Because Montreal's PK is terrible. But. Uh, so really. Actually. Yes. I guess you can go back and go. Was it a dumb penalty? Was it a good penalty? Anyway. Um. So really what Petrie did was good. Actually, I didn't it's, think Petrie had a bad game. So it's like doing it's like being just behind the player on the breakaway and giving him a hook so he doesn't get the shot or tripping, you know, like something to prevent a goal or a clear cut Correct. scoring chance. Those are good penalties to take. So in this case, that was not a dumb penalty. No. I agree. It was a good one. And yeah. yes, Chris Lee missed the uh chokehold and then purposeful rip of the helmet off which could have instantly called the play dead but he let it go which okay fine but we can't really shit on petrie for doing what he did no to stop not at the all. goal not at all and then i i just put out i remember a time when you didn't even have to wear a helmet Guy Lafleur, ron duguay <laughs> yeah craig mctavish you used to sign a waiver so you didn't have to wear a helmet ron duguay oh wow the Rest hair in peace. on that he just guy. Died. He just died last year, Ron Duguay, 2020. Or who am I thinking of? I thought it was Ron Duguay that died. No, Ron's still alive. One of the Rangers legends died. No, the Jordash man himself is still kicking. All right, I'll believe you. You're right, He's from- he did. He's 64. He's still got the hair. Look at yeah. him. Oh, yeah, no. You should uh, see this guy. He is still cut. Ron Duguay. One he, of lived, favorite- he lives back home. I love getting his hockey cards because he always oh, yeah. had the flow. Always had the flow. Well, he's got this house out in Valley East down in Sudbury. And mm-hmm. he goes to visit it for a couple of weeks every year in the summertime. And my aunt is one of his neighbors. And she looks out longingly to watch him mow his lawn because he does it shirtless. And by <laughs> God, she absolutely adores watching that happen. Good old Ron, dude. He's still in shape. I'm looking at pictures of him. Oh, yeah. No, he's ripped. He's still in great shape. 64 and still in great shape. Oh, yeah. He's unbelievable. If anyone's wondering, there's... What am I on the camera here? There's Ron Duguay. Look. Look at that guy. Man crush. Oh, Oh, my God. Yeah. How can you not look at that man and say anything General hospital. Yeah. (laughs) Say anything but, wow, that's a good looking man. 
You hear noise like Suzuki's in a playing mood, and uh, I'm the only one home, so that's fine. That's fine. Getting ready for the game. Getting ready for the game. That's right. As we record, the Canadians will be playing the Chicago Blackhawks a little bit later tonight. Um, But back to the Boston game. So it's their first game in about 12 days. It was obvious that they were rusty as shit. They started out okay. First 10 minutes was good. Well, I saw some massive holes in their game, and I mentioned it right away that the Canadians were playing hard, but they were leaving massive gaps. And Boston was filling those holes up with guys because they were they were attacking the gaps in the zone coverage. So that's how Marchant got his first goal, how Marchant got his second goal, how he got his third goal. <laughs> I mean, it was just, he was in those open areas that were just out of the reach of the Canadians because he was going into this, the open zones that they were leaving. So what you're saying is the Habs D was leaving open holes and Boston was penetrating the Habs holes. Yes. To score like Kodiak Black. Well, I mean, Kodiak Black was just fined $5,000 for hitting it from behind. <laughs> Repeatedly. Repeatedly. Chris Blake Lee would never have called that. <laughs> he would have go. even seen it. <laughs> uh, actually, going back, because we're way off the rails on this uh, Boston <laughs> game, uh, the Chris Wyman headbutt. So it was an obvious headbutt, like obvious. Yes. And he received a one-game suspension today, which I – perfectly okay with it's well deserved but will it affect will it affect his uh all-star game <laughs> will it affect him going <laughs> no. to the all-star game That's what if I'm anything thinking. it'll improve his chances because it's a stat <laughs> so good for that and when did we get an all-star game i thought we were just going to have a three-week break and we're gonna use that three weeks to put games in like where did this all-star game come from i i don't know I don't know. Like it all of a sudden came out of nowhere, like all-star game. And like, where the hell did this come from? Well, it was, if they didn't do the Olympics, Vegas was going to get an all-star game. Why, why, why are we wasting time and energy on all-star games? Cause you know, you got to sell tickets. You got to sell the game. When we have so many skill. postponed games that need to be made up. Look at the skill involved when you're sending people like Chris Weidman. I mean, let's be honest. John Who Scott really wasn't watching- so. Who really watches the All-Star game? The casual fan? The hardcore no. fan maybe will tune in? Let me guess. The Arkells are going to play. Because they seem to play every Canadian sport lately. Uh-oh. Smash Mouth. Smash Mouth will come out to it. <laughs> Limp Biscuit. Yeah. It's Vegas. It'll be Celine Dion with Guns N' Roses as their backup. <laughs> Actually, that'd be a good concert. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, Axel Rose won't show up. He'll be late. Yeah, by a week. He'll be late. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, we're terrible. Oh, but uh, back to Weidman. I agree. Uh, that suspension was fully deserved. You do not headbutt people. I, I don't care. Like the guy, uh, it was Halla that had him in a headlock, and Halla's hand was covering his mouth and his nose, so he he couldn't breathe. So that he was he was panicked but you don't headbutt. You drop to the, just drop to your knees and then punch him in the nuts. I, I, I don't think he was panicking. No. <laughs> or not. For, I think he just got pissy and threw a headbutt that. Yeah. And it's fully deserved for a game. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I, I would have gone for more, but I fully expected just one. 
that brings up another thing, though. I said before when uh, the hit on uh, the other the other day, the guy got the three game suspension on the hit on who did he hit? Bennett. 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 When he hit, uh, who did he hit? So many injured Canadians, I can't think. Paquette. Paquette. Right. That's why I couldn't think of him because no one cares. Um, <laughs> but when he hit Paquette, there's no penalty call. But oh. it was a it was an in person hearing and it was uh, three games. Headbutt, no penalty call. Uh, a phone hearing, one game suspension. Where are the accountability to the refs that are missing these uh, that are missing these these obvious penalties? Now people will argue it's a fast game. The cat won, blah blah blah. Man, that was straight to the head. Like, there's four guys on the ice. Are you trying to tell me none of those saw that as a hit to the head? Not one of them? See, I can understand the pocket hit maybe not being seen by all four because of how fast the game Mm -hmm. is. But the Weidman headbutt was clearly seen by the official holding Halla and And mentioned to the referee. He mentioned to the refs, and they still didn't. uh, No. So, I mean, I'll give a little bit of leeway to the pocket hit. Because the game is fast, you might miss something. It is, but when but you I... have a you have a scrum like that, and the headbutt's given, and the the linesman says, "Hey, Chris, he hit him in the head. He gave him a headbutt." And Chris Lee's like, "Uh, me not think so. Me not call nothing. Me not done to do that." I'm referee here. You just linesman. Just look at lines. Me have orange band. Look at the orange band. So pretty. I'm going to pet it and love it and squeeze it and call it George. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I just think I'm, I'm tired of the non-accountability for referees in the NHL. I don't like the fact that a player or a coach, I don't, okay, players, I, I understand it, but a coach should be able to call out the referees on a game with well, retribution of being fined. With betting starting to, to become a degree. involved. Yeah, with betting starting to come in, become involved in the NHL, um, and the NHL starting to get a cut of that money starting, I believe, next season. Don't quote me on that. It might have already started, but it's it's around now. Um, the more that becomes a thing, the more likely it is they're going to start seeing accountability because the NFL has it. Yeah, and they make a ton of money on betting, and the NHL is trying to broaden its revenue stream and. Uh, Offsite betting is going to be a massive revenue stream for the NHL in the future. So you don't want your games decided by shitty calls. Like this game against the, between Boston and Montreal, everybody knew Boston was going to walk in there and walk away with the two points. The Canadians this year are trash. Uh, they're still missing a ton of players. Boston is a very good team that's on a roll. I mean, Let's be honest. They were going to win that. So a few bad calls here or there, meh, whatever. But in a close game, say it's Boston and Toronto, and they're fighting for that last playoff spot in the last game of the season between the two, and it decides who makes it, you better believe a couple of bad calls will make a big difference. Oh, for sure. And, uh, I mean, every year they start out, oh, these rules are going to change. We're going to make the game better. We're going to call this. We're going to call that. Like the cross-checking. Well, that's that's not called anymore. What happened to that? That that's gone. <laughs> uh, remember when they had the fighting and you couldn't take your helmets off? 
Still or can't. you got a penalty. You got a penalty, but they don't call it anymore because every fight the helmets come off. No penalties. So if you're going to make a rule, you go enforce that rule. Enforce the rule. Don't just enforce it for a game or two, and then go. Well, they're all going to do it anyway. Never mind. It just. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't know. It's like trying to teach a child not to do something. If you're just going to reward them, even though they did it wrong, then what's the point? Point. Um, so moving on from that, the Canadians made a waiver wire pickup of Rem Pitlick from the Minnesota wild, the brother of 2020 fifth round pick Red Pitlick, son of Lance Pitlick, both former Ottawa center, now huge Montreal Canadiens fan. Um, <clears throat> so Rem has... 11 points in 20 games, which includes six goals, which puts him squarely in the top two scores for the Montreal Canadiens. And he's in the top five scoring, I think. Yeah, in total points. points. Yeah. yeah. I think he's sixth. Yeah, something stupid. So <laughs> he's gonna he's probably gonna dress tonight against Chicago. He yeah, is, he is six. Yeah. So he's he's a center who plays wing as well so he's versatile but um i don't know i don't think it's a bad move to bring in someone like him uh he's he's a guy who has a little bit of offensive skill he, he's he got a decent two-way game decent four check and it gives gorton another another guy he can look to to maybe round out his bottom six for next season i mean i think pizzetta has shown that he is earning himself a spot his goal last night against Boston was a, a goal built off of work. He battled along the boards. He threw a big hit. He battled his way to the front of the net and then buried his own, his own spin around shot in the slot. All effort. And I think he's showing that he can earn himself a spot. And Ren Pitlick is along that same kind of player. He's a guy that, works for what he gets so if you can get a couple of guys like that super cheap contracts and your bottom six on a decent team there'll be a that'll be a huge windfall for the canadians and he's only 24 so that's two young players with offensive upside that uh, gorton has picked off the waiver wires kyle clegg and uh rem pitlick um i think clegg's been playing well when he's been playing um uh, we'll see what Pitlick does and where he fits in. and But it all comes down to where Ducharme's going to play him and how Ducharme's going to play him. So, yeah. He's probably going to get six minutes a game and become a bum because that's kind of seems like what happens. Can't take away pockets ice time. Although I do, I did enjoy the fact that uh, Pizzetta got more ice time from his play. So he, he did uh, kind of reward him, uh, put him on the power play, uh, took Armia off the power play, which makes sense because Armia has done nothing. He's um, been horrible. And then, uh, you know, I mean, he rewarded Pizzetta. He scored the goal. He rewarded him. Uh, but I still, I mean, there's so many questionable calls like Caulfield and Paling. Yes, they're getting more ice time. But at this point in the season, put the young guys in the top two lines and let them go. Just let them go. You, you, you like, you know, Caulfield's never going to get his confidence back. If he's playing like nothing against Paling or or Dauphin, but 
you know, put him on a line with, put Paling, I had someone suggest on Twitter, Paling Suzuki Caulfield is a line. Go for it. Sure. Why not? Or at least, at least put Paling Caulfield on the second line with someone like Druin and Huffman. You know, like someone who can, you know, Paling's going to take the ice away and get free up the ice for Caulfield. And I, I, I see what he's trying to do. He's trying to put an offensive guy with a two-way center and a defensive guy. He's trying to balance the lines, but you're burying a kid who needs his confidence. That's that's the way I look at it. I don't think having Hoffman with either Paling or Suzuki is a good idea mm. because with Hoffman, Suzuki's, uh, I believe his uh, possession, the expected goal yeah, score. he's terrible with Hoffman. Yeah, his, his expected GFX goal score was is... down to like 20%. Yeah, it's 70 something without him and 72 without him and 28 with him. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I get that, but you got to put Huffman somewhere, you know. So, third line, baby, with Dvorak, who just sure. came back and is eating up a ton of ice time. It's defensive. It could divorce yeah. your defensive, and that's why he's eating up the ice time, but absolutely fine. Fine. But listen, give Paling, give Coffee, like, look at it and go. It's almost like what they get with Galchenyuk the year Price got hurt and in the, in, in the whole year with they all of a sudden his ice time he went to the first second line, uh, played switch between wing and center and he scored thirty goals. His confidence rose, yeah. and then the next year Julia was like, "No, you're not good enough defensively. We're throwing you back on the fourth line." But or at the very least, place them in the roles that you want them to be able to fill next year. You want Paling on a third line, you make him your third line center, and you play him in the situations that you would want him to play uh, on the penalty kill uh, matchups, you know, secondary matchups, whatever, whatever role you want him to fill, put him there and give him the ice time for that. You want Dvorak to be your matchup guy, make him your matchup guy. You want Suzuki to be your offense guy who could still match up a little bit. Do that. You want to see them progress in their game. You want to see them show that they can fill those roles but you also want them to grow in those roles. So they understand what they are, how they, they, how they react to them, what they need to do. And you're going to see a better outcome in the games. You may not win the games. You don't care if you win or lose at this point, but you want to see growth in the game from your young guys. And you want to see a, an effort in the game from your veterans. And we're not seeing either right now. And I I think Paling and Caulfield didn't have a bad game against uh, Boston. I thought Paling was playing great. Uh, I thought he Caulfield, played well. Caulfield played well. He didn't play great, but he played, you know, like he's trying. Caulfield's out there trying. And, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think for him, it's more of a confidence thing for Caulfield. If everyone comes back healthy, I do feel that Caulfield would benefit from going back to Laval oh, and just finishing sure. the season there. For sure, for sure. Um, and I have no issue with that. I really don't. Um I mean, Caulfield's going to be a 25, 30 goal scorer in the league. You just got to look at Jack Hughes. Anyone who's complaining about Hoff or Caulfield right now, just look at Jack Hughes. Took him three years. He had years. two horrible seasons. Took him three seasons. He's yeah. in his, what, third season now? Third or fourth? Third yeah. season, I think. Yeah. And now he's lighting it up. It, it takes time. It's sometimes he's just it takes starting time. to light it up. Yeah. Sometimes it takes time. Caulfield's probably going to be the same way. Give him a couple seasons, get his game going. He's a smaller player. You got to learn how to play with the big boys and, and give him time. But uh, you know, it is what it is. He, uh, he had such a great playoff where he, he played such a big role that people, uh, me included, um, 
expected more from him this year, but mm-hmm. then you see the absolute train wreck that's, that's happening in Montreal and you got to change your expectations. I mean, and I'll, I'll throw this out. Like the analytic people will look at it and say, Oh, look at the analytics on this guy, and this guy, and this guy. Well, when your whole team is trash, your analytic numbers aren't going to look good, no matter how bad or good you're playing. You got to do it by it, a bell curve. Uh, like, yeah, where's everybody on your team? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, compare them to other players on the team. Don't compare them to other teams. Yeah, you don't want to be comparing Suzuki to uh, Bergeron because you're going to be disappointed. Right. Unless well, I mean, and a lot of people are saying if Kotkaniemi was still on the team, he'd be late. No, he wouldn't. He would not be leading them in scoring because Kotkaniemi would probably have two goals and eight points at this if point. That. If that, because he'd be playing third line center. He'd be getting 12 minutes, actually probably getting more minutes because he's only getting 10 to 12 in Carolina. He'd be getting probably 13 minutes a game and he wouldn't have the players he has playing with him in Carolina. No. So I'm sorry. Saying, oh, we should have kept KK is the wrong thing because no, you should not have kept him for $6.1 million because he would not be producing like he's producing in Carolina. <laughs> Could you imagine the shitstorm? They're paying him six point one million, and all he has is like th- two, three points. Playing with AHLers, they'll still bitch and moan because that's what. And then when they bitch and moan, he doesn't have the right wingers. He doesn't that's have right. the right wingers. He doesn't have that's the right, right wingers. Well, who, where, where do you want him? Do you want him as like? It's almost like they're saying he should have been the first line center. He's not a first line center, folks. Sorry, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen in Carolina. It wasn't going to happen in Montreal. I think it's time we move on from Kotkaniemi. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for thanks for the three years, KK. Good luck, but uh, you're not you're not in Montreal anymore, so I don't give a fuck. Shorten your stick. Nope, keep it the way it is. <laughs> Enjoy those minutes. Um, all right, so I think I think that pretty much does it for this episode. A little bit of ranting, a little bit of raving. Um, yeah, we kind of went everywhere. Yeah, we did. It was. It was an eclectic episode. Good three minutes on Ron Dugay. Man Rocket. Who never played for the Habs, by the way. Nope. But it's from my hometown. So, Ron, if you're listening, and I'm sure you are. Why wouldn't he? Everybody does. I mean, my God. Keep up the good work, Ron. Uh, my, uh, my Aunt Ted Eyes absolutely adores when you mow your lawn. Do it in short shorts next time. Oh, she'll die of a heart attack <laughs> at this point her husband doesn't even care anymore he's like yeah whatever well, whatever yeah i'd be the same way he's like lady you're 80 years old watch all you want <laughs> so uh any final thoughts uh, oh yeah i do have a final shot Montreal sucks. Deal with it. Just deal with it. No point complaining. They're not going to win. It's going to be a long season. It really I predict is. They, I predict they don't hit 30 points. Oh, my preseason prediction just got completely tanked this year. I thought they were a playoff bubble team with everyone healthy, and then everybody got sick. I think they are with everybody healthy. That includes Price and everybody. Oh, else. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he ain't playing um anyway enough of that my final thought is 
check out HabsUnfiltered.net. You can find our, uh, you can find links to every single uh, app that you can listen to the show on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple, Spotify, wherever. You'll find links to all of our sponsors with the codes that you can save money on when you purchase their goods and services. The, uh, the sponsors are constantly changing. So keep going to that site, checking it out, seeing what you can get. We're trying to get you guys deals and clearly make a couple of bucks on the side, which we then use to uh, provide equipment for the show. Basically we want the show to pay for itself. So check that out, check out our sponsors. You'll adore them all. And remember, if you are talking about it, so are we. Be sure to go to HabsUnfiltered.net to check out all the great giveaways, all the great sponsors, all the promo codes for each sponsor to save you money on amazing products. and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast, NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.